Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Love Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, good afternoon. The Nepalese Meditation Bowl is chiming, and that means it's time for The Art of the CEO the show for people who enjoy the challenge of business and who want to do it a little better. I am your host, Bart Jackson, the Hieronymus Bosch of business. And every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, the art of the CEO streams magically through the mightily misunderstood realms of cyberspace. We may listen and download it all by visiting blogtalkradio.com slash the art of the CEO. That's blogtalkradio.com slash the art of the CEO. And we invite you to visit and explore for your benefit. And whether you are an investment banker trying to help clients get the most for their business, like Austin, or a talented accountant trying to set the world of medicine into the language of business, like Deborah, we're here to bring you the Sage Council of Business Masters to help your career and your ventures. Now, today's episode is entitled, Staying on Top, Immigration's Leading Attorney Shares His Tactics. And that leading attorney is none other than Mr. Michael Wilds, managing partner of New York's noted and high-profile case-handling firm, Wilds & Weinstein. Now, um, I, uh, excuse me, today we're going to delve into the delicate art of marketing legal, of marketing a legal firm, and we're going out there to find out how you can properly connect with all those related fields surrounding your profession, and also how you may transform a solid success uh, into some process that plants your name in people's minds. And uh, But first, uh, before, as, before we do, before we step into our Feast of Wisdom, um, allow me, as I always do, to give you a few utensils. And the first utensil is I say to all of you hearing my voice that the good Lord has gifted you with the title and privileges of chief executive officer of yourself. And now that's the most important position you will ever hold in your career. So will this be the day that you look around your company and your industry and seek out possible partners to enrich your life and career? Or will you continue to view the entire world as your competitor the choice is truly yours. And as a second utensil, it's time to dip into a little laughter and take a scriptural recitation from the 101 Best Business Quips book. So let me pull it out here. Here we have it. Okay. Oh, here's one. For, number 47. Um, and this says, our boss's management style is based on the latest management article he's just read. So what we're trying to do is get him to either switch journals or give up reading. So as an afterthought, Allow me to know that it that listening and reading ideas of others is certainly a very good thing. But unless you're really carefully scrutinizing them and weighing their value, you might as well be reading fantasy fiction, my friend. Just a thought. And as a third utensil, perhaps we should call today's utensil the fishing fork. Uh, right now, we're going to give you the answers to last week's business quotation. 
And today, before we leave the air, we will broadcast another quotation, and we invite you to email us the name of the author. So just simply write down the name of that author as you believe him or her to be, and send it along to info at bartsbooks.com. That's I-N-F-O at B-A-R-T-S-B-O-O-K-S dot com. And if you're correct, we will send you a marvelously uh, life-changing gift freshly disemboweled from the dungeons of Bart's Books bookstore. So, the author of last week's quote, that is the individual who said, My personal sickness is that I'm fascinated with human behavior. What's underneath the surface and by the worlds of all those, those things that lie inside people. And that was spoken by none other than the man of strange on-screen behaviors himself, Mr. Johnny Depp. So, now, let us dig into today's Feast of Wisdom and find out how the top talented law firm makes that valuable public, uh, makes a valuable talent, its own valuable talent, really well known. Mr. Michael Wilds, head of immigration's legal light of Wilds and Weinsberg. And Michael, I hope you'll forgive me for mispronouncing your firm's, firm's name early on. But Michael, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. No worries. Uh, it's Wilds and Weinberg, and they've been around for 58 years, and they have been offended by no less. Oh, wonderful. You're very kind, very kind. Well, now, you're the managing partner, and it was founded by your father, Leon, I believe, in 1960. And But you've served as federal prosecutor for the U.S. Attorney's Office. You've testified on Capitol Hill. You've advised more than one resident of the White House. And so I was wondering, could you tell us what drew you and what continues to draw you to immigration law? A love of a son for his father. Uh, simply put, mm. whatever my dad was going to do with his life, I wanted to be by his side. And the feeling has never changed in all these decades. I grew up in a household where my father was an icon as a practitioner, was a professor of law for 33 years, was my professor, and I met my wife in his class and had the privilege then not only to be trained by his side, but now to watch as my children may ascend into law school and to keep that legacy, a legacy of scholarship and ethics uh, continuing. And as we face a new normal in our practice and the new advent of social media and marketing has changed the animal, I've been able mm. to learn from old school how to meet new school. Right. I, I'm just so glad to hear you say that because the old school of which you speak, of a boy looking up to his father and finding with justifiable pride and appreciation of what that father is doing and taking the elements of character, something that we tr uh, have tossed aside too often. I'm just glad to hear that, that that's how you got into it. It's, it's very refreshing. And Thank you. Just uh, moving uh, within that line, could you tell us, uh, bringing us up to date, tell us, give us a quick thumbnail sketch, and if you could, just one or two particular cases that right now that you're finding particularly fascinating or poignant. Hmm. Well, we have three offices, New York, New Jersey, Miami. We're looking to expand into L.A. You know, oh. we practice as U.S. immigration law, so we have mm -hmm. basically five divisions in the office. We do litigation. We do business visas. I'm actually teaching business immigration law at Cardoza Law School now. We have a very robust family practice where people are marrying people, getting green cards and visas. We have a very strong compliance uh, shop when it comes to dealing with the onboarding of Americans into the workforce from schools and dealing with I-9 registration. 
and a very strong uh, consular practice dealing with American uh, embassies and consulates abroad. So the hallmark of the practice has always been U.S. immigration law, helping people physically come to America, um, whether they're rock stars or housekeepers and the journey in between. Uh, we often have a chance to get to know people on transactional basis for temporary weeks, months, or sometimes years, and we can track a lineage of cases now for generations. Thankfully, Dad started the practice, as you said, in 1958, 1960, and uh, became uh, an icon in the field when he represented John Lennon from the Beatles when they were trying to deport the famous Beatle and he took right, on the Nixon right. administration. Um, <laughs> since then, we have a very strong, ro uh, very robust uh, business practice where we represent companies trying to move their person personage around the United States um, from other countries. Uh, and um, we work very hard. The kind of cases that we're focused on uh, these days are doing more with less. We have Unfortunately, because of uh, the recession and the recuperation efforts that are being made, we don't have, in particular industries, the kind of arsenal of visas that we need. In the fashion industry, you can't get a model in to the United States because the H-1B3 fashion model doesn't come out on Fashion Week. You can't get the stylists oh, and the cosmetologists yeah. and, the, and all the talented people in the creative unless yeah, they sure. have great credentials, and we don't want people manufacturing those credentials. So we're finding oh, a lot yeah, now yeah. in the fashion world to be of challenge. We're also finding in the hospitality corridor when it comes to uh, unions and hotels and, and restaurants where employers are still saddled with the burden of policing the immigration of their personnel rather than trying to create more inventive ways of revenue and, and increasing the efficiency and the competitiveness of their businesses. So immigration these days still has employers policing the immigration status of their employees, which is a failed system, a system set up by President Reagan when there was a new, a different normal in the economy than what we're facing now. So this xenophobia post 9-11 has transported itself into the immigration system where we see the dual loyalties that our Department of Labor and immigration system have. On the one hand, they want to protect foreigners from being taken advantage of by American employers. On the other hand, they want to give Americans the step up but it's foolish the way they they handle it because they're shooting themselves in the foot when we take the best and the brightest foreign students and we don't give them a path to go into the visa system. The bread and oh, butter of yeah. our practice are the H-1B visas where we're trying to move people into the workforce and it's become a random lottery by the hundreds of thousands of people that are trying to get what should be a regular visa for people to go into the workforce. The Google, the Intel, the Microsofts, they swear by yeah, yeah. foreign talent and truthfully, Dad and I are for decades now are seeing what could be a great uh, renaissance in the economy led by immigrants, the greatest risk takers historically, and the people that really are responsible for the development of this nation. 300-something years into its course and its history, and we still are dependent on them, and we can't seem to get our immigration policy properly. 
Well, I think you're I think you're right and I I'm just I'm, I'm so I find it very refreshing to hear you say let's lift the lamp beside the golden door. Uh I I I think it's a, it's a wonderful thing to to hear and I, I I it's a system that is well like like so many of our laws it it's one one law built on top of another without consideration for a whole and it's like topsy it just grows. Uh I'd like to move in right now to a little bit about um marketing uh if we meant marketing your firms, I've heard you refer to yourself as a finder, that, and <laughs> you, uh, you, you, you wander out and find uh, other service and related firms, and who can provide either you know combined service or future or a link to future clients. Could you give us one or two examples of that? How you do it? Right. Just so uh, you know, it's it's a fascinating kind of journey. Um, at, these days. I I forget who coined it, but when I teach my students in law school, I try to identify or tell them to try to self-identify whether they're finders, minders, or grinders. Are they the person that will find the client? Give us those. What are are those? Yeah, are they the person that will find the client? Are they the person that will mind the relationship, or are they the person that will grind out the product? Um, And all of them are fundamentally important to the practice it's very hard though to find a finder um and the example is that without oxygen there's no life and that personage is the that talent that professional is the person that keeps the minders and the grinders busy um Mm -hmm. but a function of becoming a good finder is knowing how to mind the relationships, how to communicate ethically, act, uh, and so forth, and also how to grind out the product to have a good scholarship yeah. and competence in the law. So the, a finder is an evolution of a person who has a personality that will attract people and at the same time is capable right. of all the other functions, but can get other people to do those things. Um, well, the now, two examples are the several uh, examples. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Yeah, no, there are several examples of the finding mechanism, and I try to train our staff um, that the best client base you have are the ones that have already paid you, and there are ways to graciously show your appreciation to clients and get them to refer you new work, uh, and the advent of social media, whether it's getting testimonials from clients within the ethical propriety of putting them out publicly as your clients, and getting them to encourage other people to come your way. And it's a bit of a challenge these days because as good as uh, social media is, it can work against you if you have an experience with a client that's bad. It's tricky. It's also a great time sucker. Um, And I'm I'm wondering now, here you are, uh, and speaking of it, it does take time to do what you do to find it. You have to go out and meet people. You do have to put the time in on the social media and, those uh, testimonials don't fall on your lap. You have to come, you solicit them, say, may I quote you on that, and so forth. I understand. But and now traditionally, uh, in most law firms, every attorney, they sort of unearth their own clients, bring them home, and they either totally handle the work, uh, the, grind it out, or at least they're, they're usually their head of the, of the work involved. What, uh, what about bringing on a professional client Finder, developer, is that a, a dangerous specialization, or, or is that something you know? You it's suggest? there are a lot of groups out there that solicit law firms in order to help you with leads, 
And I'll never mm. forget as a kid growing up watching the old Abbott and Costello routine Sunday mornings late. <laughs> there was black and white television shows, famous oh, one yeah. of Costello sticking his foot in the door saying you have to get your foot in the door. And then he eventually goes in and takes his lady's plant and throws it all over the white uh, carpets and ketchup from the refrigerator and he says I got this super duper vacuum cleaner and then he opens up the vacuum cleaner to sell her and show how the product will clean on her carpet only to look to his chagrin when he opens it up that he is selling encyclopedias now nobody in your listening audience nobody in your listening audience even knows what an encyclopedia is unless they're older than you choose the age but Unless the theory age, is, is that we don't want to go into that. <laughs> yeah, the theory the theory is that when you open the door, what you did when you were in there was really up to your talents. It's kind of like an elevator pitch. You have a short window of time and yet you're building on a career. My father, still, thank God, 82 years young, practicing law, uses a pencil and considers it the development of a practice. You never perfect it, and that's why we do it as a practice. So you have only about a 10- or 20-minute time to impress a client, and yet you have 20- to a 50-year career if God graces you well in order to perfect your own finding talents. How you do that is the journey of both knowing the law, being able to listen to clients competently, and being able to articulate and communicate continually throughout the case, meeting budgetary and personal needs. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, now, Michael, this is, I, I think that, that yeah, I, I, you have answered that well, because there it's, you are always in a practice, and you are always bringing in the finding abilities as well as everything else. Um, and I, I I know that it's no secret that uh, Wiles and Weinberg deals with high-profile cases. Uh, the, the news, I've seen news with pictures of you with Lionel Richie, an Australian actor, and the singer John Waters, and even uh, Irene Ezra, Miss Universe, lucky you. Uh, and um, all these folks... Uh, you have helped weave through the labyrinthian mess of, of immigration. And I, I guess I'm asking, in a, in a very practical extent, uh, sense, how does Michael Wilds and his firm go successfully reaching for the stars? Interesting question, and the journey started with a son watching his father. You would never have known in my house when my dad was talking to John Lennon. It was the same temperament that he had when he spoke to me, when he spoke to my mother, rest her soul, and when he spoke to clients. He is who he is to everybody, and that kind of transparency of character and personality is known Mm. to people. And no matter how wealthy, how important a person is when it comes to their vulnerability, when it comes to their loved ones, their employees, those particular assistants or staff that make them great. Imagine the cosmetologist and the stylist to performers who are getting older and are reminded often of the talent around them, how important these journeys are. And, you know, again... Doing more with less means having project-based fees, not hourly. Checking on clients with regularity and then absorbing the challenge of their lives. You have no idea how much more money I leave on the table because I only collect a small fee for a particular visa and then people will say, do you also do this? 
you know, the Miss Universes and all the beautiful models and the people that come in eventually are engaged in contracts with with um, pharmaceutical groups when they go into their private right, lives right. with course, uh, fashion uh, brands and cosmetics. And we don't get involved in that. And we're the first ones to tell a client what we do and what we don't do. And the capability yeah, yeah, that yeah. we have of making referrals is terrific. I've been toying for generations whether or not we would have been better placed in a larger law firm because we're a leader into other fields and pieces. But yeah, it's yeah. the personal trust that you develop with a client. Um, okay. I had the privilege of also going uh, to immigration with John George, a very famous chef. Uh, my father, again, handled uh, Mr. Lennon and, and an extraordinary amount of race car drivers and hockey players and talented musicians and and rock stars and all of it has to do with a personal touch and if it means flying into another state or another country to make life easy for your clients so long as the numbers make sense and the propriety of what you're suggesting is 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 good we do it i have a little folder you should know on Uh testimonials uh So that every right. testimonial that's placed out there, I have a record of them. Ethical compliance with marketing, according to each state's rule, is also critical. The Attorney General in the state of New York is now policing law firms to make sure that the testimonials being placed are legitimate. And you can't uh-huh. suggest that a client that's famous will help you unless you clear it in advance and generally in a writing that it's permissible to use their name. So how do you get famous clients? Permitted, he said, well, yeah, work yeah. hard. Yeah, work hard, yeah. and and then ask their permission if you can use your experience with them in a way that won't hurt them, but will help improve your own bottom line. Right. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, uh, this, this is fascinating, I, and I think he, I think uh, Michael's just given us some very wise ideas, and particularly uh, watch the uh, compliance and uh, the nothing, nothing beats the hard work, but the, and the transparency. Of personality, and uh, but at any rate, we are. Uh, you are listening to the Art of the CEO Radio Show, streaming live from Blog Talk Radio, and alas, we are coming to our midpoint of today's feast. So allow us to take a brief sorbet, if we may, and it is time for me to introduce to you the company by whose good graces we are here today, and that firm is Prometheus Publishing creator of Bart's Books Ultimate Business Guides, and you may visit bartsbooks.com, that's B-A-R-T-S-B-O-O-K-S.com, and explore a wide wealth of practical wisdom from business masters. And this very day, Prometheus Publishing would invite you to look at the book which launched this bizarre radio show, that is The Art of the CEO, which is a volume which collects and distills the most masterful practices of business leaders from all over the globe, and gives you things that you can apply to your own career and your company for their own enhancement. The book has been praised by radio show host and CEO himself, Bill Gunter, as, quote, one of the best uh, business leadership books I've read in my career, full of wisdom. What are you waiting for? Uh, there is a testimonial. Uh, and uh, so it's also, if you enjoyed today's business quip and you'd like to laugh a little bit more, we invite you to visit BartsBooks.com homepage, click on that little blue mailbox, and subscribe absolutely free uh, by the eternal enigma of email. We will send you a little bit of laughter and a dose of wisdom every week. So now, ladies and gentlemen, 
uh, and all those folks who are gutsly going forth and growing their firms by acquiring new companies. We are back with the Art of the CEO radio show on blogtalkradio.com and back with the leader of immigration law, Mr. Michael Wilds. Michael, uh, I'd, I'd like to get just one quick uh, quick take uh, on you talked about compliance. I'd like to get just uh, your take on, on just straight advertising. I know since night from 1908 to 1976, the bar allowed nothing but hanging up your shingle in terms of advertising. And when the when bottle was on cork, we had Jacobian Myers flooding the airways. And uh, I believe what is it, 75% of law firms now advertise. What is how is this? How beneficial and and uh, I mean it's 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 uh, there's a new normal in our field. They now have um, to teach lawyers ethics. My father was chair of the ethics committee of the American Immigration Lawyers Association for Mm. a generation. He dealt with the ethical issues facing lawyers. The fact that you have to teach ethics in law school, test it in order to become a a, a barred lawyer, and then to make sure that you have an ethical amount of CLE, continuing legal education, underscores uh, this whole entire world. Um, all I can say is that acting properly and within the scope of your uh, license and being transparent about expectations is everything. And when it comes to advertising, the rules are very specific. They want a certain lettered font email if you're going to send an email blast out you have to dumb it down so that people understand that you're doing an attorney advertisement because right, there right, are sharks yeah. there are sharks out there um and yet we're no good in a law firm unless we're able to market ourselves and the best way to market sure. yourself is by the client doing it for you without your own mm-hmm. fingerprints on it so yeah, look, yeah advertising is not something that we like to do we try to put a lot of content out into the trades, whether it's the food industry and the jewelry industry and the fashion industry and the entertainment and the music and the television and all these things on the intersection of immigration in our space. And we use examples from practice, sometimes with permission from clients, other times uh, without it. Um, And we have to act ethically. So my biggest thing with marketing and with lawyers is to make sure that you're consistent, you're thorough, and that you have disclaimers in there so that people don't draw the wrong conclusions or set expectations that are not practical. I see. Is there, is there a, an ad or, a, 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 you don't have to mention names, but is there one or two real professional ad blunders that you've seen, so something that really, that when you see this legal advertising just makes you wince? Um, yeah, they're cheesy ones. I see in our field people who advertise on subways, and, and yet, you know, I, I can't for the life of me understand how people are foolish enough to pay certain funds uh, you know when they when there is no recourse for them legally into um into the system um and you know it's it's disheartening i, I don't know what to say you know in our field there are really great practitioners and we're the first ones right. to tell uh, clients who come in when they're being handled by capable uh, hands and we're also shocked and thankfully, the unauthorized practice of law in DA's offices and U.S. attorney's offices, and I'm a former federal prosecutor myself, are prosecuting lawyers that are taking advantage. But so much harm is caused in the, pa- in the passage of time. Um, and, you know, look, we're also seeing from our own personal experience the kind of 
nasty experiences you can have when you don't hire people properly, when you don't supervise cases and processing uh, properly, because there are a lot of moving right. parts in our field, and it's important for you to have a good command and to have the right people. We have at least you know seven or eight staff in our office that are with us over 20 years. Which yeah, is an amazing that's, that's, experience. You know, that, it's not five uh, years, itself, it's not ten years, it's not fifteen years. It's twenty years. We have two people that are here for thirty years. Wonderful, and I think that to me is one of the biggest things that you could put forth about your firm that says that uh, that you've got some solidity and and that you're able to that the top talent wants to come to you. Um, just one quick thing. I know that the. I, uh, and since you are the, the immigration man, so many business owners out there are looking around now to, to bring in top talent from abroad. And you would notice that it's, it's very hard. Uh, most of them, even their legal teams, really don't know much about it. And I was wondering if you could just give a couple of starting tips or some uh, a couple of considerations that uh, business owners out there might consider when they are looking at, at top talent from abroad. So, first of all, understand the immigration culture has nothing to do with just people with accents coming into your workforce. American employers are responsible since 1986 to police the immigration of their own staff. Within the first day of hire, a person has to certify that they're authorized to work on a Form I-9, and within three days of hire, consecutive days, if you're a 24-7 kind of business, you need to have certified it properly, and the government audits people. So we come into our compliance division, comes into contact with general counsels and HR uh, chiefs all the time. On the work side of the ledger, on the family side of the ledger, it's usually precipitated by a foreign national with an accent that wants permission to remain in America. Um, And those journeys and that experience is changing. And And the only thing I would say is make sure that your lawyer is talented. Find me. Our website is wildlaw.com. And email me on our website. There's a way to get to me very quickly, and I'll let you know if you're in capable hands or if we can make a competitive bid. These days, we will take less of a fee to develop a longer relationship, and we look at the employer and the employee ethically as well. There's always a potential conflict. You know, everything's great until the dishes are flying in a marriage. Everything's great in an employer-employee relationship until somebody steps out of uh, toward with one another, and the question is, who do you represent? What kind of communications have you made? Um, and can you not just get the job done? Will you make sure that the next step, the I nine, is is being marked properly? Will right, you tickle right. the email and call and meet with clients in between transactions to make sure that they understand what the next step is in their journey, and what will you do? Um, now, in this economy, like I said, giving more to the client with less uh, resource demand. Um, so I think it's critical to look for talent in our field that charge project-based fees, not hourly, and to make sure that they are beyond reproach ethically and that their scholarship is in tow. I I thank you very much for putting that, that forth. And we have just a couple of minutes, and I was wondering if you could, in two minutes, I am going to give you uh, a magic wand. We've been hearing presidential candidates undergo a host of posturings. Could you, I'm putting a magic wand in your hand, what in the immigration system 
would you change if you could wave a wand? And you know, I'll give you two minutes, and that's it. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, look, we have a lot of competing countries, Canada, Australia, that have point-based systems. You have no idea how many people have walked into our office that are extraordinarily talented and are employing thousands of individuals, and they've never set into a university. So getting right. into the culture of knowing that entrepreneurs are mostly seated these days in immigrant uh, DNA is what I would right. want Congress to legislate. No matter who becomes president of the United States, they have to understand that this nation was founded on the backs of immigrants and that our homeland preparedness and our economic, um, uh, how should I say, uh, drive um, is going to be emboldened by giving entrepreneurs the tools that they need, not just the startup, but all the different corridors of business and commerce. And the I, president that gets it. this I, I and really, protects us will be president for a long time. I thank you very much, Michael. That is great. And ladies and gentlemen, that's a quill pen moment. I'd like you to listen to that. Dip that, dip your pen in the inkwell, and write down uh, Michael's last comment about how we need to support the entrepreneurial and give them all the access that they can that they can possibly have ladies and gentlemen um i i thank you michael for coming on and as we Pleasure. round out today, today's show uh i would like you to leave me, me i would like to leave you with a business quotation who said in theory there's no difference between theory and practice but in practice there is and as a hint this wise and gentle man was one who held more World Series rings than any other and more compassionate wit than most all. He will be missed. And remember, if you know the author of this quote, just simply send his name, uh, as you believe it to be, to info at bartsbooks.com. That's I-N-F-O at B-A-R-T-S-B-O-O-K-S.com to win an absolutely astounding, life-changing gift from the Dungeons of Bart's Books bookstore. And finally... Uh, as a parting shot, in the words of my wife's husband, whether you trust a person implicitly or distrust them right from the get-go, they will seldom disappoint you. So, to all my faithful uh, play and playful listeners, I hope you've enjoyed the Art of the CEO show as much as Michael and I have enjoyed bringing it to you. And remember, you may download all of this, all of our shows on BlogTalkRadio.com/slash/TheArtOfTheCEO. Ladies and gentlemen, as always, it has been a privilege. I thank you. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.